Welcome to Surreal Stories. This is Nikita and today I'm joined with Chanel. How are you Chanel? I'm good, thank you Nikita. I have a question for you. Do you eat breakfast? Um, sometimes, very rarely. Did you have breakfast this morning? No, but I do love breakfast on the weekends when I wake up really late. Cool. And also I'm joined with Nazanin. How are you Nazanin? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How about you, Nikita? I'm good, thank you, Nikita, but I'm really tired since I slept at like 12 last night due to all these assignments, okay? Well, that's naughty. I didn't sleep that late. Yes, but all these assignments are driving me crazy. Oh, well, that's sad. We've also got lots to talk about today, including mythical creatures and unbelievable jobs. But first, we're going to be talking about giant cake. And you're listening to Surreal Stories. So guys, what's the biggest cake you've ever eaten? Well, Nikita, for my sister's sixth birthday this year, she wanted to have a chocolate cake with strawberry cream, but she's lactose intolerant, Ooh. so it's kind of hard. So my mum got her a vegan cake, and it was really rich, and the cream wasn't too sweet, so it balanced itself out nice. Um, it had to feed 20 kids. and 20 kids. Also their parents. And after we had leftovers, even though we still had like a f- one fourth of the cake left over, it took forever to finish it. It was a pretty good cake. Cool, that's lovely. How about you, Nazanin? Well, to be honest, Nikita, the biggest, honestly, the biggest cake I've ever eaten was like a four tier cake and it was huge. You know how a wedding cake is usually at least three tiers? Well, I went to my cousin's wedding around April this year. And they had a massive four-tier cake that was so fancy, it looked like it cost like $1,000. I don't know if all cultures do this, but Afghans have insanely fancy weddings that probably cost like a fortune to buy. And after the wedding, the closest relatives of the bride and groom go to their house and eat the wedding cake and have tea and stuff, you know? But it's not like just family friends. You have to be like first cousins or really close relatives. Well, me and my family were invited to the house after the wedding to drink tea and eat cake and all that. And I got to eat a really big piece of cake. And then my other cousin that was sitting next to me, she saw that enormous piece of cake in my plate and said, hey Naz, you're gonna end up with diabetes and a bunch of cavities after eating all that. But I just casually replied with, this isn't much. I'll probably go back for seconds anyways. But little did I know I'd be so full after one piece. Wow. The reason we are talking about this today is because I'll be telling you what do you get if you mix 160 eggs, 8 kilograms of dark chocolate and 15 kilograms of orange jelly. So what does 60 eggs, 8 kilograms of dark chocolate and 15 kilograms of orange jelly make? It is the largest ever Jaffa cake, of course. The tasty cake was carried out by former Great British Bake Off winner Francis Quinn alongside McVite's staff using the company top secret recipe. The giant cake, and yes, Jaffa cakes are cakes, was the equivalent of 6,557 regular sized Jaffa cakes and measured 175 centimeters in diameter. Miss Quinn baked the 80 kilogram creation in celebration of the 15th anniversary of the British Got Talent program. The Jaffa cake was served to guests and crew at the British Got Talent live semi-finals outside the event Tim Polo in Hammersmith, West London with 300 servings. Nazanin, what would have happened if the function place bring out this huge Jaffa cake instead of the actual cake? 
Well, Nikita, if we had the Jaffa cake instead of the real wedding cake, well, every guest would be able to have a huge slice of it and not just the relatives. Surely there would be a lot of remaining cake. Yeah, I agree. We've got loads more coming up, including unique dream jobs. Wow. Magical pets. Also, wow. You're listening to Surreal Stories. Hi everyone. If you could choose one imaginary or mythical pet to own, what would it be? Well, well, if I could choose a mythical pet to own, it would be a phoenix for sure. I love birds and they will always be my favourite animals. Honestly, the idea of having an immortal bird is amazing. I've had around 38 to 40 birds and each of them will always have a special place in my heart. Having an eagle-like bird that's made out of flames sounds so cool. Imagine coming home to a phoenix. That would be the biggest flex until you found that your furniture has turned to ashes. I mean, the whole fire situation would burn my house down, but that's a problem for later. What about you, Nikita? If I could choose to have an imaginary pet, it probably would be a reindeer. Have you seen how cute those things are? When I was little, I used to watch those animated movies. Those movies were The Year Without a Santa Claus and Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. They are so cute. With the red nose, they are super duper cute. But they are real reindeers. I mean, Santa's reindeers is not real, but it can fly, and we all know that reindeers do not fly. Thanks, guys. The reason we are talking about this today is because a six-year-old wants a unicorn, and this is how she got a license for a pet unicorn. So how hard could it be? Madeline wrote a letter to the Los Angeles County Department of Animal Care and Control with one request. She wrote, Dear LA County, I would like your approval if I can have a unicorn in my backyard if I could find one. Please send me a letter in response. The director, Marcia Mader, writing back with good news, the department does in fact license unicorns. She gave the six-year-old a list of things she must do to have this pet. Mader also sent a pre-approved unicorn license in the form of a pink certificate on a paper, a heart-shaped tag engraved with the words permanent unicorn license. And because unicorns are indeed very rare to find, the department is also giving Madeline a plushed unicorn wearing a tag to keep her company during the search as a token of appreciation. Nikita, would you rather choose a unicorn or a reindeer? Um, when I was a kid, I used to think unicorns were like the best thing ever, but not anymore. I think I'm going to stick with reindeers. We've got lots more coming up, including dream jobs. You're listening to Surreal Stories. If you could be paid to do anything, what would you do? I'd probably get paid to sleep because you do it every day and if you have a proper sleep schedule it's around 10 hours if you're sleeping properly. You make a lot of money and you wouldn't need any days off. I think it would be really hard That's to true. get a day off. They are tracking your sleep. They can tell you like if you have any problems with sleeping and if you're sleeping funny. That's some good points. What about you Nikita? If I could get paid to do anything it would probably be paid to travel to California because of the people and the sights that you get to see. Like, I'd like to go to San Diego and to all the places we don't have in Adelaide. I can try Burger King, Chick-fil-A, Starbucks and McDonald's meals that we don't have here, like the Kid Leroy meal. I also would like to be able to have the experience to yell at the driver driving on the wrong side of the road, which is basically the right side of the road in California. 
Okay. Well, the reason we are talking about this today is because it turns out that you could possibly be eating candy for a living and make thousands while doing so. According to a recent job posting, Canada's Candy Funhouse is hiring a chief candy officer. Do you love all things candy and chocolate? Are you passionate about confectionery treats and exploring unreleased and existing products? If so, this is the perfect position for you. The description reads on LinkedIn. The company says the position pays 110,000 Australian dollars a year. The chief candy officer will serve as head taste tester and try over 3,500 products each month. Besides eating about 113 pieces of candy a day, the chief candy officer will lead the candy's funhouse candy strategy, run candy board meetings, and have a say in which products Candy Funhouse will carry out. Applicants can be as young as five years old. All you need is a passion for candy, pop culture, and a sweet tooth, part of the job posting reads. The chief candy officer will also meet extensive palate training, according to the description. So far, nearly 6,500 people have applied for the job on LinkedIn. Inquiries on the job are so high that the company said its usual response time has been delayed. The job posting reassures that the position comes in with extensive dental plan. Chanel, after hearing that you could potentially become rich from eating candy, would you still choose to get paid to sleep? I think I'd still get, still choose to be paid to sleep. I don't want to take the risk of giving, getting cavities. Well, that's all for today. My name is Nazanin with Chanel and Nikita. Thank you so much for joining us here on Surreal Stories. If you would like to hear more episodes from Our Lady of the Sacred Heart College, you can check them all out on our school's own podcast page at archdradio.com. This podcast was produced by Chanel, Nikita and myself, Nazanin, for Our Lady of the Sacred Heart College, partnership with Archd Radio and Podcasting. Thank you for listening and make sure you subscribe to the channel to hear heaps of other school life stories. Bye!